Hello and welcome to the Community Church Podcast, where we want to equip and empower people for life together with Jesus. On this podcast, we'll be talking with lots of different people from all walks of life to help us in our discipleship to Him. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Harry here, and thanks for joining us again for this edition of Lockdown Living. We had the privilege of talking with James Topless, who leads the team over in York, a church called Living Word Church. And he's been talking to us about all things to do with the lockdown and the things that God has been doing in and through them in that particular community. So he says some great stuff. Uh, get yourself all comfortable and get ready to be blessed. Enjoy. So, James, thank you so much for coming and spending a bit of time with us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, you have now been leading the church in York. I say the church, Living Word Church in York. Uh, for those of uh, us who have been watching or uh, listening to this, uh, just tell us a bit about your history with Living Word Church, um, how you kind of got into that, and just what what we could expect um, from your church. Okay, that's great. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Um, and uh, I, I like going to all these places without having to leave my with my own rooms. It's quite nice. <laughs> I feel more refreshed. My car's <laughs> had such a rest recently. <laughs> um, well, coming to Living Wood Church is actually this October marks 20 years since I moved from living with my parents to live in York because I came to university. And that's, that's when I became part of, it wasn't called Living Wood Church then, it was called King's Church. And Mike Hughes was leading the church at the time. It was... I think he's Andrew Hughes's cousin. I think that's who he is. And um, and so I came, I was already a Christian and I was already in a church when I was doing my A-levels that was connected with this church through Brynn and Terry Jones. So when I came to university, I just wanted to be in a church that was connected with them. So yeah. my... Yeah we got in touch with the leader and that's how I came to be part of the church. And then, um, thankfully the year after, um, God brought a certain Abigail to, to York and she ended up in, a, in our church. And, uh, to cut a very long story short, she became my wife a few years later and, uh, she is awesome. And, uh, so I, I've been in the church a long time, and then um, about 2010, end of 2010, Abby and I went, moved over to Hull for a little bit, and we led a small group that kind of is part of Living, we changed the name by then, we're Living Word Church, and um, we led that for a time, which was an adventure and an experience. Um, I'm not sure we would repeat it, but we certainly learned a lot about God's provision timing and what not to do if you're planting a church um, <laughs> as well as some of the good things you can do um, and one of the things I learned about that was it's really hard to plant into an area where you don't have more than a couple of couples it's possible 
But if you've got a good kind of group of people who are full of faith to the project, then then it's kind of more viable. Sure. And particularly if if you've got a model where you're looking to see something established in lots of places, but sustained initially by kind of a strong center, if you like, a strong congregation, that it's probably really helpful to consider the places that are driving distance without being exhausted. So if you've got to drive two hours or more to get between the two places, it, it probably is, it's not so bad for the leaders, but for those people who are living in the, the outskirts, it's really hard to kind of keep yes, that from blessing. So we learned that. Um, and that's kind of informed some of our thinking about the things that we hope will develop for us now, because there's, we've got quite a people living Selby way, which is kind of south of York and got quite a good people living in Driffield, which is east of York. And that's before you get to Hull. And both of those are kind of like between 40 minutes and an hour away from the center, from where the building is. Um, and, and we kind of want to see something happen there, but I think that's probably our outer limit if we've got just like a, a home group size and then asking people to come in for yeah. regular, I mean, at the moment we're not, are we? Cause it's all yeah. online. So it, it, this plays into our hands nicely. When you say come, coming in, um, you've got quite a unique building, haven't you? It's got a bit of history. Oh yeah. We've got, an, I mean, yeah, just on that Sorry, point. Can I just say we, we, we've, we've got proper stained glass. So we're, a, we're a proper church building, <laughs> but, but yeah. for you, there's a little bit of something different, isn't there? Yeah, for us, we had a long time where it was stained floor from beer spillages because <laughs> it used to be a pub. And I think even in the basement now, we made the, the error of removing the barrel drop and then discovering two, um, two barrels of phosphorus or something or carling, <laughs> which I think still are in there. And the, and the brewery went bust or something. They never collected it. So we, we've got... But, uh, somebody suggested we should use them as tables, but I was concerned about the build-up of pressure inside. Them. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, put them to one side. So yes, it's a former pub, and we still have the bar in the front. Um, and if you look closely on the chalkboard, you can still see that some pints were very cheap back in the day, 2008 <laughs> or whenever it was, that they should have 2010. Um, so yeah, it's... It's a, it is a unique building and had considered that if the government didn't let, would let pubs open, but not churches, that we would reconvert it back to a pub just, just to open it. Um, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure the uh, planning department would have been happy with that. So yeah, we, we're using that as, a, uh, as officers. It's where we run our food bank from, which has been running every week throughout the lockdown and has been really our main source of con uh, like kind of face-to-face -face contact, obviously socially distant and now with masks and things, but our contact with the community. Is that your bank or are you linked in with the Trussell Trust or one of those? Yeah, it is a Trussell Trust one, but the way it happened in York, which I find exciting, is that there's a very strong kind of, what people would call a fraternity or unity group, but for the last 21, 22 years, a group of church leaders have been praying for the city every week, except over August when they have a break. So every week for 20 yeah, years. Very good. 
Um, and they're a great bunch of people, really have a heart to see people saved, have a heart to see uh, proper kingdom initiatives raised up. And another church in the city had realized there was a problem with food poverty even in York, because although York has a, it has a, a reputation of being wealthy, it actually is, a, and it, it is, it's a wealthy city in many ways, but it's actually a very contrasted city. So, so that right, just on where our building is, one side of the road, very middle class, big houses, other side of the road, some of the, some of the most difficult um, and, and poor estates in York. So because of the tourism that York relies on, because of its reputation, even our MP has said it's really hard to fight for funding from, um, from Westminster because people just don't consider that York has any problems. Yeah. So this church noticed through, I think through the work they did with citizens, uh, sorry, Christians Against Poverty, that they were seeing lots of people needing help with food, emergency food. So they brought it to this one, this unity group and said, this is, we want to do this, but we don't think it should be just us. We think it should be something owned by the church in the city. And they piloted it and then three other churches with them have partnered together. And there's a separate charity called York Food Bank. And those four churches then distribute, they're the distribution points oh, through their yeah. buildings. Um, and they own it as a mission, uh, uh, like a ministry of their church through which uh, the expectation is they will reach people with the gospel of Jesus. So the model is very different from a lot of places. We only have one Trussell Trust food bank in York, but it, it is kind of has outlets through these four um, churches. You've been doing a great job. It really is an amazing story. And we've been loving seeing the social media posts, just you're just telling about God's people doing good deeds. It's that um, you, you are actually living the words of let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So, you know, hats off to you guys. You just really have been inspiring. And the, um, I've, I've seen a few other things that they've been doing. Uh, Gareth, you've got Gareth on staff there with you, haven't you? Yeah, he's, uh, Gareth's great. Um, and I, he, he's been faithfully running a youth group here. Um, for a few years and before lockdown they were getting something like between like 28 or something like that and 40 kind of a big range but somewhere around 30 35 kids every week and all of them were from the estate that we're where our building's located and most of them haven't had any form of christian context in their lives at all so we know of other kind of youth groups in different churches in this city that were kind of, well, this is what we do in our worship time and this is what we do in our Bible reading time. And Gaz was like, our aim is that we once someone's preached the gospel to them and every other time that they don't kill them, each other, that they have fun, that they learn a bit of respect. And, and his heart was that they, that they came to know that there was something more for their lives than what they had grown up in, that there was... A um, but over obviously because of the lockdown thing we had to just stop it all and uh, and then over the summer he and along with a, a lady a, a young woman called Laura who's just come back from Bible school uh, our uh, Covenant College she was down there in that class of lockdown 
she was yes. in that class. And uh, she came back and took, has taken over for all the children's work for us. She's taken that responsibility. Wonderful. Which um, is wonderful. And so what they did was that they did an online summer club. So they did some videos, um, some tasks, some origami stuff, which I, that it was basic intermediary harder as the weeks went on. I, have to, I had to give up after the basic. <laughs> I had to go. Well, Abby had to do the others because I couldn't, I'm not very good with that kind of thing. But they did that and they, they produced some uh, resources. So every two weeks they were delivering resources to about 40 homes in the community as well really? as to our, um, and, 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 and he's doing a great job. And now it's kind of catapulted us into thinking, well, look, the kind of current climate is lasting longer than all of us anticipated, I think, and all of us wanted. So is that kind of digging our heels in and saying, well, we've got to be patient, we've got to persevere, we've got to believe God is doing a good thing, even though things aren't quite what we planned. But it's, it has forced us to make some adjustments generally that we think, we think are for the good as well as for the now, um, as in church life won't be the same again. So for Laura and the children's work that she's doing, and Gaz is helping her do this, they're, they're producing something every, every Sunday for the kids online. Um, and even when we are able to meet back in our building properly, I think she's thinking that they could have a, re, a, a whole kind of catalog of resources that different people in the church or even from outside of the church have done that kids can watch as part of their sessions and it relieves pressure on have, having the same people feeling like, well, I've been in the worship team and now I'm scooting off to go and, you know, do the kids' work. I've got pressure to, to plan and propose. It, it just is, is opening up new opportunities as well as new giftings. So that's what Gareth's been up to. And, and the other thing that Gaz has done over this time <clears throat> that we kind of ran together initially is an online alpha course. So we... We started, I think, May time. Um, yeah, kind of May time. And we, so that was the first one. And then we did a second. And each of those, someone got saved. And uh, for us, that was really exciting. And again, doing it online for us was a game changer. It opened our eyes up to probably not really doing many live alphas like in the same room in the future. Because it was so much easier. They finished work. It wasn't a big meal they had to attend to. They could put the kids to bed or whatever. And, and they'd pre we'd sent the video out before. So we didn't watch it live together. Sent it out before. They could catch it up you know, over the week between sessions. And then the, the hour on Zoom was just the discussion. Um, and it just became so adaptable and so fruitful. And, and if we're thinking that we've got people living in all different locations... We don't have to do separate alphas. We can do one alpha course that all different people from those locations zoom into. So we're thinking that that's a real positive to come out of this time. And it was just so wonderful. I thought, I don't have to drive to the building. I don't have to drive to this person's home. I literally opened my laptop at nine, uh, uh, 10 to 8 or 5 to 8. On we go. We got the say hello, discussion questions. And there we are, we're away, and it can really, it really, it's been a blessing. I've really enjoyed that. Excellent. Excellent. How have um, 
how has the church kind of dealt with lockdown? What have been some of the challenges that you've faced? And how have you kind of responded to that? How has that been for you guys? Um, I think initially, I, I was in kind of like, this is an emergency. So we just like, um, we shut everything down. We wrote to everybody. We put everybody in kind of uh, fresh. So each el so three elders here, uh, us and our wives took um, a third of the church each to just make sure we kept in contact with. Um, and then we put everybody into kind of like buddy groups so that there was another um, there was another means because we didn't know how we could do how at that point. I hadn't been introduced to Zoom. It was um, a fast learning curve. So I think initially people responded well in the fact that they felt safe that we were being sensible. And one of the difficult things that happened around that time was towards the end of February, one of our members suddenly died, died suddenly. He was 50 years old and he just kind of had a heart attack and, and died. And, and so we, the kind of time that we were locking down um, just before that week leading up to it was his, supposed to be his memorial service and it all had to be changed and cancelled and um, ended up just just being a graveside short uh, kind of service with just the family and I think people found that hard but there was a kind of sense of, of, of loss without a proper goodbye yeah. um, and his parents were part of the church they they initially found that very difficult um so so that but people were appreciated the fact that we were being sensible and that and that family decision there was sensible but as we we're going on we we're just wondering how do we do this and like every church they were thinking of different ways i what i watched people who were a bit more organized and tech savvy than me so we got stuff we joined with Car uh, all nations cardiff a couple of times early on um, and then I thought, well, we'd already started a YouTube channel. Um, I'll have a go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first effort was my family on our sofa, li literally live streaming through a very poor, this, you know, this webcam, breaking bread. Um, and Abby scooted the kids out when I just shared from the scriptures for a bit. Um, but interesting, although it was, I mean, look, I, I dare, almost dare go back and watch it now. <laughs> Expunge it. We, 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 all want, we all want to remove all of our, I was the first one up in Southport. I am, I feel embarrassed. In fact, we should cut this little, we'll cut this little bit out of our, our video because otherwise, you know what our sadistic friends will do. They'll all go on and get as many views as possible and go and have a good laugh at us. And that'll be, yeah, that'll be, <laughs> that's the one that goes viral. <laughs> um, but what what really blessed me was that the church the church were blessed by it yeah and there was something about the desire that is in every believer because it's of the holy spirit to be together so that yeah. the in the new testament I, i've been reflecting on this in acts 242 the things that they were devoted to those early early christians and actually referring to the 3,000 that's just got saved, they devoted themselves. Yes. And it's the four things, isn't it? Apostle teaching, breaking bread, fellowship, and prayer. And I've, I've believed that, taught it, practiced it. 
for as long as I can remember. It's like a cornerstone of who we are, isn't it? It's a, yes, it is. It's a go-to scripture. You wonder, like, doing the or joining the church class or whatever you call it now. We call it, still call it joined, connected, um, you know, sign on the dotted line kind of class. We, we go to that scripture. And I, and I do believe, because it's about devotion to Jesus, that they are disciplined. So there's a sense of I give myself to it as a discipline, even if I'm not feeling it. Mm. But through lockdown, what I realized was that they, those four things are the very things that kept the early church, kept, keeps the church true to, to God and focused on the mission that he's called us to. They're the very things that keep us strong and keep us going forward. And of course, mm. the fellowship he's talking about there is not... Um, it's not a catch-up over coffee, however, although that is important. It is that, it is that communication, contribution, and participation in, in and of Christ by the Holy Spirit. And, and you can tell when the church, want, they want to be together. It's just like the, the not being able to sing when we are together in a church is hard because there's something in us that we must praise god because the holy spirit in us is almost like he wants to i don't know about you I, i'm in my office now and i struggle not to sing here so i i'll, I'll do my best not to bring first talk into song so what we found was that people wanted to be together and that and that the we then discovered zoom not that long into and that became a real um a godsend in terms of being able to connect um yeah into life shared life we found that there's some people who would struggle to come to home groups came along mm -hmm. that was a positive the challenge i think we found with that is that there are some people that are technologically i call it technologically disadvantaged as in they don't have it or they they really are fearful of actually using it we've got some people who are very camera shy so doing a zoom thing has been very difficult for them and the longer this goes on the more concerned as elders we are that they are receiving of that fellowship and of that shared life. Um, and so we're doing our best. We, over summer, one of the ways we, when we were still allowed to meet in gardens um, a bit more in a, in, or outside in a spacious place with a few extra people rather than just the current more stringent rules, we encourage people to gather, to, to pray together and break bread together, bring in your own bread and wine in small groups outside in the summer but obviously as the night the nights are drawing in and the, with the rule of six this kind of limits us again yes. but that for some that was really well to, uh, attended for some that have found kind of even the zoom either difficult or can't get over the hurdle of seeing their own face um that's been a, an interesting challenge um but they that they were well attended for the um for those those people who want to be with God's people, but the technology is yes. scary or difficult. Yes. So we're just trying to find out ways, really. What, what's hard for us at the moment is that the master plan was probably that our first phase was to have a, a limited showing of our kind of pre-recorded service at the building. We're still going ahead with that for a handful of people and then on a booking in system with all the, all the, all the kind of safeguards that we need. But I thought that probably phase two of that would end up being hiring 
halls around where people live for kind of socially distanced again what streaming in but then having some kind of live fellowship or live focus to that but at the moment that really isn't possible because of the, the new things so that's again been a challenge to us to consider actually that's that's really frustrating a bit frustrating uh, when they in before the summer the government had said we could have um two households could be socially distanced within a home um what abby and i had started to do after you know we got back from our vacation in in august is we would have a family over to join in worshiping the lord together in the home they're joining the zoom on different rooms so i should say that the way we run our sundays is we 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 have kept a pre-recorded element where it is um it's not live streamed in the sense of actually live it's pre-recorded so that includes the time of worship who's our offering time includes some yeah. testimony sometimes and and preaching the word um which we can come on to in a bit if you want to ask about what we why we're doing what we're doing and then and then after it like a about 15 minutes later, the church is able to log into a Zoom call where we do coffee. But we also, we pray together, we break bread together, and we, we have this uh, kind of structured fellowship time where we go into groups and talk about either prophetic words that were brought when, over the Zoom or some of the teaching points of the... So this is really great. For us, we've got Arna Scargan with us over, the next, over this month, really. And he's done some pre-recorded stuff for his really great teaching. Um, and so in our midweek things, even tonight, he's uh, joining with us. He's not joining with us every time we Zoom. Tonight he is in sometime in October. But we're going to be able to use some of his material just in our kind of to help focus our fellowship to be kind of spurring up each other on, applying the word to our every, everyday life, praying for one another where we perhaps a challenged or struggling in those things. So um, that was an interlude. The, the kind of households meeting together felt like to me a great plan and I was encouraging the church to do it. But obviously that is very limited now. If I can only have six people in my home, I'm, I've got a family of four, so that only means two extra people. Yeah. So at the moment, that's limited what we were hoping to do. But we're saying... If there's anybody on their own, you can have them in your home for a period of time, socially distanced, enjoy the meeting together. Don't let them be on their own. Yeah, so it's, it's James, isn't it? There's, there's a clear, actually, there's an advantage for church life in some ways um, in the rule of six, because previously it was just two households. Yeah. Whereas now we can have, so, so you who has a young family, mine who've flown the nest, means I've got four births around my dinner table that I could offer people um, during the week or on a Sunday. And those four births now can be four individual students coming from different households, whereas before I would have only been able to offer one. So we, we, we like you, are looking at really, yes, there are restrictions, but we have to look, don't we, how, how we can not exploit, but use the space that we're given to the best possible uh, advantage for us and help people connect, help yeah. people physically. There is, we've, I don't know 
you clearly have had more meetings than us where you've been physically able to see each other. But we had a, a, a moment in our, in our church building last night where there was a baptism and you could see the joy on people's faces just to see each other. And yet as a leader, I was there thinking, please don't start socializing, please don't start talking. <laughs> Because it's it's not you who will go to prison or get fined, you know. But it is, isn't it? There's we, we, we have to find ways to help connection with God and connection with each other. And you you guys I know have been doing a great job um with that in your church family. And the Arna Scargan uh, material and connecting, talking and having him live in from Norway, an evangelist who is an inspiring friend of us all. Um that's a great, great initiative. Well done. I think I think one of the things that having a pre-recorded meeting, or or at least learning some video skills, uh, tech tech skills, it opens up the opportunity for having ministries in that we need to help the body, without having them necessarily. I mean, sometimes it, being present is helpful. But if you think Paul wrote to a number of people, I'm reading just reading Romans today, writing to Rome, I would love to come to you. My intention is to come to you, but for now, I'm writing to you this. They're coming to get you, James. <laughs> yeah, um, we'd just like to clarify. <laughs> we are very close to an ambulance station. <laughs> it's not the police. Well, it might be the police. Yeah, we're going to edit that bit out. It was just that it sounded like they just stopped outside your door to come and get you. <laughs> Sorry, we interrupted you. Um, well, what was it? Yeah, so... So, uh, in a way, with Arna speaking, doing four videos for us, that's more than he would have been able to deliver. Yes. Kind of to the church in a concentrated time. Partly, not because he doesn't have the capacity to do four meetings or whatever, but just because people don't have the capacity to come to four things. With it. Like, he might have a week in his, or even yeah. five yeah. days in his schedule that he could come. And I, I just think there's real opportunity for us to, to kind of utilize and draw from ministries that you think, well, they're carrying something that would really bless the church. But I know that we can't, I mean, at the moment we can't have them come, but yeah. perhaps yeah. in the future, there's a bit of a limitation. They, they are over, I don't know, he's traveling over there, yeah. giving himself yeah. to that, which he need, or she needs to. Uh, but they've got something that we could do with here and they could video it for us and send it in. And I, I'm excited about that opportunity. Yeah. And actually what you were saying about homes is at the beginning of this year, we, um, we spent January praying as a church together midweek. So that was what we gave our time to. In the light of a prophetic word that um, the apostle we work with, Kerry, um, brought, which was that 2020 would be the year of plenty. And so we, we kind of gather the church just to wait on God and to hear God and to pray into that. And one of the prophetic words that has been long stand has been long standing over the church here is that we would be a house of blessing in the heart of the city in health, wealth and revelation. Wonderful. And that's been something that we've pursued. It is in some ways we've seen open up in different ways. Um, in one way, like the food bank is one of those things that we believe is a, a means of, getting a stream of blessing out to the community. But also, God opened up the doors for two other charities, that Christian charities that help people in York to be based from our building. So 
There's something called Beesum in York that help people and, and Bundles of Joy to the Babies Charity. They are connected, but set, run separately. Um, they, are, they are working from our building. So at the same time as the food bank going out, people's, uh, people have had furniture delivered to them, bedding delivered to them, um, babies clothes. So when people, somebody's gone into labor and they know of somebody that's in need, they take this modus basket, kind of brimming with clothes and nappies and all kinds of stuff and give it to them and push chairs have come through here. And it's not because we as a church are running that, but it's because we believe we're a house of blessing. And it's one of the ways. But at this early on in January, a prophetic word came that, that we are a house of blessing. But God says you to view each of your homes as homes of blessing. And that's going to be a catalyst for increase. And so we're praying into that. And then we're locked down and everybody's in their homes and they can't move from their homes. And now we're having to really think, how, what does it look like to use my home for the kingdom of God? And uh, if you ever want to catch a really great message on that, um, James Aubrey spoke to us as a church a couple of months ago. Um, no, it was last, it was in August. And uh, I think it's on our, just his messages on our YouTube channel. He talks about using your home uh, as a home of blessing uh, and for the kingdom of God. Because him and Saskia, his wife, really demonstrate this really well in the things that they're doing and involved in. And it was so encouraging. And I think, I think that's what we, if you wanted prayer points for us as a, as a church, then one of the things is obviously the safety of the people that the kind of being able to dig in and not be impatient and allow rest in God, all that kind of stuff, which I'm sure most churches are. But for us, it's that every member would rise to that call to be on the mission in their everyday life, which is clearly what God's been speaking to us kind of from before lockdown and before coronavirus became the dominant thing in the news cycle all the way through god's keep god keeps coming back to it. what what could god do through you um and and if we all take hold of that in every like in every church that we, we kind of connect with have friends in well, that will change our cities that will change our communities that will change where we live um, and the exciting thing is that the people that came, became, came to Christ in the last few months on our Alpha are people that have come because of a friendship that they had with somebody in the church. Yeah. It's been cultivated deliberately, that they've talked about Jesus, that they've been open about their faith with these people. And then they were open to the, to the good news. So for us as a church, it's working that out. It's, it's kind of saying... God's really speaking to us about um, now is a time for, for for fresh ideas, for fresh things to come, yeah. fresh ways of reaching people, viewing our eyes, uh, viewing our lives through eyes of the eternal purpose of God, rather than just think. I think one of the things I've enjoyed about lockdown is that it broke the routine. It 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 kind of broke what we were doing, and not that everything that we were doing was wrong. But it made me then consciously and deliberately examine everything and think, is this worth, is this for now? Is this worth what we should give our time and energy to? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've enjoyed um, spending time with the Lord more. That's been my, my favorite bit of lockdown. And my goal was to know God better. And... Uh, I, I, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I, 
I do, I do, I've become more convinced of that which I already believe. I've yeah. seen the Lord in new ways. His provision has been breathtakingly wonderful. Um, I must tell you this, so as, a, as a couple, Abby and I, um, the church pay me a salary, which we're very kind of, they, they support me in, in my ministry, um, and they're very generous. Um, and Matt, who's one of the fellow elders, is also the head trustee, and him and the other trustees have, have always made sure that as a family, we were never without, you know, make sure Gaz and who works with us and never without and the other staff are, are, are well looked after and we thank God for their faith and faithfulness. Um, but we've also, as a couple, relied on the fact that Abby was a teacher and she worked really hard and brought in a salary too. Um, and a, a couple of years ago, Abby went through the worst time in her career that she's ever been through. So much so, I had considered, as her husband, driving to her school, seeing the head teacher, and telling him that he, if he, that he would have to deal with me if he didn't treat my wife better. I thought better of it because I thought it probably wouldn't play out well for her, but I was ready. Um, and uh, I'm quite a patient man, really. But uh, you know, with Abby and the kids, you don't, you know, you don't get to touch them and and not know about it. Um, and she said to me, she was, oh, it's really hard time and really difficult. She, she said to me one day, she said, I, I want to leave my job, which obviously means not having that income. And there were some other irons in the fire that she'd looked into. And, and she said, but, and this is what every wife should do. Uh, and it's what us men sign up for. But when it happens this way, it puts the fear of God in you. She said, um, he said, but I'm not going to do anything unless you tell me it's okay. Ooh. I was like, okay. So I, I put on this brave face and then got in the car and said, Lord, I don't know what to do. <laughs> my, my wife shouldn't be in this situation. Um, but we're, we, we can't survive without the money that she brings in. Lord, tell me what to do. And I was expecting him to say, this is the job. This is how much. This is when she'll start. This is who a new employer is going to be. But you know, God loves us to work by faith. So he didn't tell me that. He said, as clear as I'm talking to you now, I heard the Lord say, let her leave. I didn't hear the audible voice, but inside, let her leave. And you will not be harmed through this. So I came home that night and I said, you can leave your job darling, because God said that you, you should leave and um, we are not going to be harmed through this. And then, um, so they said that they probably wanted her out by the summer, which is not a very nice thing. Done nothing wrong, by the way. Um, but she left at Christmas, not last year, the year before. And, um, and when she left, some schools, primary school, so what she does was she was working from a high school delivering less PE lessons into primary schools. And those schools didn't want to lose her, so left the contract with the high school and went directly with her as a sole trader. And also she came, she, came, uh, she, she works for a company, but as a self-employed kind of like a contractor. And that work picked up. 
And then over the years, she's had more work than she's kind of needed. So, so over the last academic year before lockdown, she was finding that there was work coming in that she was having to say no to. And then lockdown happened. And of yeah. course, our, most of her income yeah. um, comes from having to invoice for work she's delivered in classrooms or to teachers. And through the hand of God, she's been able to invoice every month that we, they were locked down. Every month we were locked down, she had, was able to invoice for something that came in, even though she wasn't being able to go in to the, to the office. And uh, she started work doing some work as an employee, like part-time through something in York, they've increased her hours. And so just that word of God to us as a couple, which got us through what was like Christmas and New Year, you know, 2018, 2019, and into that mm -hmm. early part, sometimes we think that old words that God's spoken to us, because uh, we've had a good experience or God's proved himself, that somehow that, that word's like used up. Yes. But God's word, if it's really from That's God, right. is eternal. So, so he's showed himself faithful as we've trusted him over this time. Um, and I would in, just encourage you to just be faithful to God and hear the voice of God. You're listening in. And as a church, we've also had that experience where we've had things thinking, you know, Sam, who's the amazing administrator and treasurer for the church here, she sends like a monthly accounts out and this is how much they, she said now this is how much we're adrift and uh and not, some, not what a leader of the church needs to hear <laughs> no, she said but by this you know this is before that all the expected is coming in and uh and what we've done is we have a, what we call a seed fund and um which had traditionally been five percent of all of our income is put into a pot that i manage so we've always got something to sow to the Very poor good. and needy or sow into individuals that need it. And, um, right. and uh, a few, a couple, probably a couple of years ago, Matt, who's our head trustee, said, let's double that. So we went to 10%. Wow. And then if there was an issue where kind of like some salaries were, um, we were struggling for whatever reason, but because it, the seed fund is to sow into people, then, then we would have some. Yeah. And over lockdown, we were expecting that that might be something that we dipped into. And I don't know how it works, and I don't know how it's happened, but Sam hasn't needed to. And Wonderful. the provision of God has come. And I just, I just want to encourage you, God is so faithful. Yeah. Um, and he's faithful in ways that are beyond just what we as leaders make provision for. So we do our best to manage the finances, to make provision, to, to kind of set money aside, to be faithful. And following Kerry's example, you know, he wrote, I don't know if you know, but he wrote to the churches recently about offerings that he wanted to take up. But one of the things he said in that letter to the elders was 2020, a year of blessing. Let's look at it, not just about what blessings we will receive, Yes. You have plenty, the plenty that we will receive. But let's also, let's focus on the plenty that God will get through us to other people. Plenty yeah. of the gospel seed, plenty of yes. money, plenty of resources, plenty of releasing right. people into gifting. I think, how exciting is that? And I think there's a key in that to seeing the more, isn't there? Because yeah. that's the sowing. <laughs> if our sowing increases, our reaping's going to increase all the Good. more. That's right. Um, 
and I, and I just encourage you to keep keep believing that God's resources is going to come abundantly for all that God's got for you in Southport. I'm excited. Every time I hear about Southport, I'm excited. I hear about what happened in the students. I hear about what God's doing to connect people. I remember back in the day, was it Ali and her husband doing a, looking to do an alpha course in a fish and chip shop? Have I, yeah, not made that's right. yeah, that excites me, not because it, it just because of the fish and chips. I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought if I can adopt that somewhere, I'm going to adopt that somewhere. Um, yeah. But because it was just that in the community, people finding a way that they could be used by God, that only perhaps them could be used. You know, anybody can use any fish and chip, but that particular fish and chip shop, they knew. Um, and I just want to encourage you to keep going. Keep believing for the more. You know, students are coming back. Keep believing for the more. I was excited. Is it a student you baptised recently? Was that a student last? It wasn't a student last night, was it? Uh, no, one? it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a, yeah, a, just a connection with the church. But, but we've had a, a long line just prior to, prior to the students being sent home. With a number we, of, had a, we had a youth baptism. Yeah, it was one of the youth that was baptised um, three weeks ago. He was a lovely young man, and he said, the first thing I want to do, Dave, as a teenager, is I want to be baptised. And then lockdown happened, <laughs> and we couldn't do it. But, but he, he grabbed hold of that principle when it was, are we allowed to do it now? And... So we were able to do it as soon as, in fact, we did, we did it probably. I said to him, I don't think I've seen a full immersion baptism across any of YouTube. And I think you, Dean, could be the first person out of lockdown who has been baptized. And he was delighted, uh, delighted to obey Jesus and delighted that he was the first. I, I love that. I was, uh, I was very grateful as well, because we got a few that we needed to do. I thought, well, if Dave, Dave and the team there can do it, I can do it. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I know, hey, James, I know this. It's not just about yourself as a family, but yourself as a church. And you're a sowing and giving church. And I, I heard on the grapevine, you were thinking not just in your, your city or our nation, but you, you, you guys in the church also took an amazing offering up to help oh, yeah. people outside, didn't you? I'll tell you about that, yeah. So... As some of you know, most of you will know David and Deborah Lyon and their connection in working to Kenya. Well, years and years ago, probably more than a decade ago, like something like 12 years ago, William, who's the past, the kind of leading elder there over the like nine or 10 church communities that they have over there. Um, he actually um, came over to the UK and did what was then School of the Words summer school for August. And it just so happens that Peter and Sheila White, he's one of the elders with, with me here, he, he, they were on that course and they met him and they kind of, they built this friendship. And Pete and Sheila are an amazing couple because they, they are so pastorally gifted um, that it makes me very jealous at times by their <laughs> pastoral abilities. Um, and, uh, and also they're really good at being very practical about helping people. So Pete set up, having talked to William, he set up, uh, like, it's not a separate charity, but it's a fund that is managed through our accounts called Education Africa, which was set there that people would support uh, children that William knew, people going to his church to, to be able to afford to go to school. And so that's where it began. And out of that relation come different programs and things 
and um, we uh, I've not visited Kenya I would love to but um, Pete and Sheila a few years ago went over and saw them all so there is at least one child whose name is Sheila White um, and uh, which is a it's, a it's wonderful so that, that connection was going to be there for life you know it, it, and as a church we felt that connection too through them really and then we heard from David how bad the situation was in Kenya because what happens with the COVID thing they shut all the market so all the affordable food wasn't being sold and the only food you could get were in supermarkets and they'd increase the prices so people couldn't eat so the real the real risk as in other parts of the world we know was that more people would die from starvation than they would from COVID so we took up an off Living Rock Church where David and Deborah based and work there they took an offering and so did we and we're a church a fraction of the size of them and uh, we were able to send over four thousand pounds as a church to feed probably I don't know 20 families for like so many months or something I can't remember and and it really was literally a life or death situation and it reminds me of what Paul says in he talks about in Corinthians about the, the plenty that I have and the lack that somebody else has and that sometimes we think we're saving for a rainy day but actually God says you you have that fund for their lack yes yes and it and he's um, sometimes in the human ways we think well no, I'm not saying ha don't have a savings account but I must underline I'm not saying don't be fiscally wise or good with your money but but sometimes the the amount that we've got is for somebody else and um and paul says because when you've got lack, their plenty will supply your need in other words it's supposed to this is and this is part of fellowship of the holy spirit fellowship of the holy spirit has pound signs in front of it sometimes as well as a, a verse of scripture or a, or a prayer or a prophetic word um, and I was thinking about that when Paul gets in trouble, Jason is the only one, I think it's in Thessalonica, Jason's the only one named. Him and the disciples, they take up for collection and they, they post bail for him. And I thought, that's true fellowship, isn't it? If, you, if your church family will post bail for you to be released because of preaching the gospel. Um, and who knows in this country where we may face times like that, I'm not pr prophesying doom, but if we do, I think this lockdown has shown us that there's a there's a fire inside those who are really disciples of Jesus who want to be together and want to see the kingdom come. Yeah, and I'm excited that yeah. the enemy can't stop us now. He, he just can't stop the plan of God, can he? It's eternal. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's exciting. And um, well, I don't encourage you, Southport. God is with you and God is for you. And you're going to see some more great things in these days. Amen. Believe Amen. God for miracles. I know sometimes when you've prayed and things haven't happened, as I've experienced that too, and you think, no, I'm not sure. I'm just going back to spending time. God doesn't change. That's He's right. through. The circumstances change. Amen. I am supposed to change, but he never does. There's no shadow of turning in him. Um, I'm going to believe God for the more then. Um, and and I just want to encourage you that it's out of the depth of relationship you have with him 
and the, the depth of fellowshipping in the spirit, the, allowing the word to go down deep, allowing that seed to take real root, that you'll have more and more to bring. You'll have more and more to sow. And if, if, we, as, if we as members of a church, like if, if we could all be disciples who give ourselves to the Lord and his purpose in our everyday life, I think we'll start to see some things. I yeah. just, a couple of years ago, on Christmas, we did this, uh, and again, it was Gaz that organized this. I take no credit for this. But we, we did this um, kind of big Christmas thing with a Santa's grotto, and, a, a, and we kind of, um, we, we had them go through the building, through one entrance, go through the grotto, and then on the other way through, they had to find out the real message of Christmas, and they yes. got some yeah. crafts and things, and we were doing giveaways, and it was the, pretty much the best attended thing I think we've, we've done because it was done over a, a series of days. And one day I was doing the stand out in the cold and get people in from the street job, which yeah, I don't yeah. mind, but it was December and it was cold. And this man in a bus driver's uniform walks towards me. And it's a man that I recognize, a guy that not long after I started leaving the church, which I didn't tell you how long it had been. It, it's eight and a half years now since I started. But he became a Christian in my, like the, the first, after about a year of me leading the church, he just walked into one prayer meeting that I was away for and Matt led him to Christ. It was Understood. brilliant. And, uh, but he walked, he, he had walked away from the Lord. And, uh, and I, I bumped into him in the street that day and he was off to work. He said, well, I can't come in. He said, but I have been thinking about you. And uh, I'd love to talk. I said, well, you've got my details. Just give me a call. Then I heard nothing. I was really, I was like really sad. I thought this was, this was going to be one of those, the prodigal return moments and we'll all celebrate. And then in January, the following, after that Christmas period, I had this random email from him apologizing because he'd lost my telephone number. Then he'd really love to meet up. And he, he did. We met up that month. He repented in my office of not being right right with God, got right with God, restored to the church. Wonderful. And uh, in the meantime, he, he, he and who had been his, um, his girlfriend, they lived together, got children together. They got married in the time that he was away. So it's now him and his wife. And he'd had, they'd had another child as well. And, um, and I, was, I, was, I had a, a chat with him on Zoom last night. And uh, he's been a he's been furloughed over this period and he's come in to help with the food bank. And one of the delights for me has been spending time with him, just sharing Jesus and seeing him grow in his faith and growing in his, uh, in his walk with God. And even like last night, there's some, as a leader, there's just some simple things that create great joy in, in us. And it's when somebody says something like, I've been reading the Bible in a different way. It's like my eyes have been opened and I'm starting to understand it and really gain strength from it. And, and having that realization of some storms that he's been going through, but you know, he's, um, he's weathering the storms. He realizes it's, it, it's not, as a Christian, it's not all gonna be plain sailing, but he knows that he can rely on God throughout it all. He's not turning his back. He's, he's, he's learning how to, to grow up. And I just thought, what a wonderful meeting that was on a December day a couple of years ago. And now in lockdown, he, he's found ways to grow in God. And, and um, if we can all be like that, think today a step, tomorrow a step, 
And so much so, it automatically affects the way that you are, it automatically affects your mission. Yes, it does. Because automatically you can't help but let it out. It just like, he, he, you know, he's like, that's what you talk about. And he said, because he, he coaches rugby league, just my friend. And um, he said, I, would, I was talking to the head coach and I just happened to mention something we did with the church. And he went, what? You're a Christian? And he said, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I thought you knew. And this, you could say this guy was like, he said, I could see this guy was like trying to work out how that, how that works. But how amazing is it in a, in, a, in a kind of context where there aren't many Christians in the rugby league world speaking about Jesus? There are some. There must, you know, I know there are some. But in, in particularly in York, not many. Here's my friend who got, got right with God, who's um, decided to fellowship with God's people, who's grow, making decisions himself to walk in the ways of God. Just happens to slip out that he's a believer and boom, there's a representative of Jesus in rugby league without us really even trying and uh, and i think for all of you who are watching this in southport god has planted you where you are and even if the next thing is not there you are where you are by the grace of god and you are who you are by the grace of god so i encourage you to press into him enjoy him and expect that that's going to spill over into work in your life and your place um there are great days for us to be alive. You did say you did say before a couple of things to be praying for you, but just as we close, is there anything else in particular, James, that as a church in Southport and in our region, that the community church could pray for Living Word Church family there? Yeah, I, I think it's that that those prophetic words about our influence and our reach, and um, we've been believing God for increasing numbers. Um, but we don't want that particularly to be transfers. I think our heart is to see it as yeah. people born again and added to us, you know, yeah. a, a family growing through new birth. So that's to be prayed for. And do pray for the people um, that are finding it hard, because there are. I mean, we've talked good things, but there are people finding it hard um, just because they're distant, disconnected, that they would, that God by his spirit would meet with them. And, uh, and that they would feel included and not, nobody lost, nobody fall off the edge, as it were, and, that, uh, uh, and, and for great unity. The other thing I would say is that we, are, uh, as you probably are involved with, Harry, the students, is we, we sign up to this fusion thing where people can connect about, we get alerts to say, so-and-so um, <laughs> is coming to, uh, you know, study at a university near you. And, and Gaz, who manages this, Gareth, he, he sends off an email and said, this is what we're doing. And traditionally, we get a some total of zero replies. That's what we normally find. Um, and so he says, sometimes the messages aren't even read. You know, you can tell whether they're read or not. He said, but that's changed this time. Wow. Because a huge number, most are read, and he's got replies. And what he's been doing is sending links of, our, of what we're doing online to these students. Um, and I think that's helping. Um, so it's to pray that um, one, that we would able to reach some of them and, uh, and that we would be the right home for some of them. And we're hoping that we are going to try and do like a Zoom meet 
through these contacts we've got in this uh, thing that actually if you if you're interested email us this account we'll, we'll set up a time Good. send you the link meet up and what's exciting for us is one of the young people that got saved in in alpha got accepted to university so he was at college in york he got set, accepted to university and and is going to york university so he's he's got saved with us and he's staying with us and and even this morning gareth's been uh, meeting with him socially distanced for discipleship and help and it's just to pray for him his name is sammy uh, to pray for him that as he goes to university he will be empowered by the holy yes. spirit Amen. To, to stay true to jesus but but also he would be a catalyst yeah yeah without any pressure on him but that he would be a catalyst <laughs> yeah. no pressure Sammy. no pressure <laughs> i might not show him this <laughs> <laughs> we'll send it some link somewhere <laughs> brilliant james yeah yeah, just thank you so much. Uh, for Sammy as well, we've had our Sammy with Morgan and uh, the, it's, I think she totally underestimated just how much of a door opener she was for us. Um, and it wasn't that she was somebody that was going around and sharing the gospel every, every day or whatever, but just the fact that she was there, she was uh, a light to people yeah. that were around her and she ended up being a catalyst that saw door, doors open for us. Wonderful. So our prayer is that that will be the case for Sammy as well. Amen. And that you'll be able to yeah. um, help bring your revelation to people and see them grow in maturation and their faith to Jesus. So that's going to be really exciting to hear about. So in a year's time, we'll get you back on Zoom from the very comfort <laughs> of your office. <laughs> you hey, it could be anywhere. I might, I might <laughs> even do it for a Thanks for listening to this episode of the Community Church Podcast. For more information about the Community Church and what they do, please visit communitychurch.org.uk. We'll see you next time.